Did you ever get yourself in a situation where you immediately thought, I've made a terrible, terrible mistake? I certainly have, and my guest this week shares his own tale of regret. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place, and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person I'd like to chat up is Deanna Ray Clayton from Jamaica. Deanna was unfortunately in a horrible car crash about a year ago. She was in a coma for two days, and when she woke up, she found herself speaking with an American accent, which gradually changed to a British accent months later. Also, she's now left-handed. Her recovery has been a struggle, but doctors expect she will eventually make a full recovery. I wonder if full recovery means she'll get her Jamaican accent back, or is she going to have the British accent the rest of her life? Also, does she like crumpets now? Naturally, you would have already learned about Deanna if you subscribe to my free email newsletter. Every day I send out a collection of stories that will make you laugh and think while completely avoiding the dank pit of despair that is the political world. Sign up at keithconradmedia.com. And also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to be listening to help new people find the show. My guest today is a former freelance writer with the Chicago Tribune, Red Eye, and ESPN. And he's a pretty entertaining Twitter follow. Matt Lindner, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Keith. Definitely appreciate it. And I think uh, a few episodes ago, I, f- I forget exactly the context, but I had said something about uh, a previous move in my life, actually, when I was in high school and my family moved to Denver mm-hmm. and uh, the, the mover just like destroyed half of our stuff. And um, that, that wasn't like a, a, a situation where the move itself was bad, but it was a bad experience. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I think that um, I, I think that I might be I, I felt like I was somewhat unique in that. I had a move where literally the night that I got to the place, uh-huh. and I should say it was Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to Atlanta, and the place that I was going to work for put me up in a in a hotel, actually a very nice hotel downtown. Yep. And I'm uh, I'm I'm actually in the hotel room hours after I've arrived in Atlanta, uh-huh. and I'm looking out there in the distance. I see Turner Field. Oh my gosh. You know, just just uh, just you know the sign on the on the ballpark, Turner Field. Yeah. And like at that moment it hit me, oh my God, I moved to Atlanta. This is <laughs> I, I can't believe this has happened. Yeah. And uh, a lot of amusing things happened uh, after that in the year and a half that I lived in Atlanta. But like literally within hours of getting there, I was like, this is this is not good. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds like you had an experience that was very similar. Now, now I held out for a year and a half. It sounds like you didn't make it. Yeah, I, I, I lasted all three weeks in Las Vegas, man. Um, I, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot. So because this 2020 this pandemic that we're going through has caused a lot of people to reevaluate their careers and, and what's important. And. You know, I, I feel like everybody goes through a period in their 20s where you're, you're trying to figure out who you are. And, uh-huh. you know, maybe you make maybe you make an irrational decision or, or two or six in my case. And <laughs> so, yeah, mine happened in in 2010. And the backstory for this is, you know, I, inside of about a three month span, I had I'd been through a, 
a bad breakup. You know, my, my live in girlfriend, um, broke up with me right before Christmas, uh, kicked me out of our place and then took a job at the very TV station that I had left after eight months, three years prior. So, and from there, I just kind of started mailing it in at, at work and ultimately wound up losing my, my second and final uh, television job at, in, in the Quad Cities. And so, yeah, I, I moved back home with my parent with my parents, and I was just kind of trying to find myself, right? I was living in my childhood bedroom at 27, and, and life hadn't worked out the way I had hoped at that point. And so, you know, I hop on job boards, and I, I do what, what any recent – journalist expat does and I, I start looking for PR jobs right but the difference between me and every other journalist is you know whereas someone would, would try and look for for someone in the city they're at or the city where they're from I decided to cast a wide net and I started applying to PR jobs in Las Vegas where I had never been I uh, didn't know hardly anybody so well hey if you're gonna find yourself um, you know in your in your mid to late 20s you know trying something new might be a, a good way to do it, you know, rather than revisiting the things that you've done. So I don't think it's that far off. No, it, it, it really isn't. And, you know, to your point, I, I had that kind of uh, seize the day type of mindset where like, you know, hey, just just survive this bad breakup, just got fired from my, you know, one of my dream jobs. Why not try my luck in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I applied to this job and I'll never forget this. It was for a uh, head of public relations at, at a small ad agency in Las Vegas on, on one of those internet job boards. And I did two phone interviews and, and a, a Skype interview with the agency owner and a couple of uh, senior leadership at the agency. And I'll never forget. I was, I was wearing a, you know, kind of an outfit for 2020, right? I had a, suit jacket shirt and tie up top and and my pajama pants down below and <laughs> you know so i must have made quite the impression on them because after after those three interviews um you know they offered me the job and they were like you've got 72 hours to get out here and they offered to put me oh, up wow. an extent yeah so they gave me 72 hours to just pack up my life and and leave and i remember telling my parents about this and and my my late mother was you know, she supported everything I did, but you know, she kind of gave me one of those those looks that moms give you. You know, like the the "Are you crazy? What are you thinking?" look. Do you think that they like were they aware of your situation, like that uh, you were between jobs and with your parents, so that you didn't like like you were in a unique position where it was physically possible for you to do that on on three days' notice. Like it still wouldn't have been ideal, but but you actually could do that. Were they aware of that, or do you think it was kind of a test to see if you really wanted the job or something like that? I think it was a combination of both, really. Um, yeah, I, I think I told them you know, that I was in the middle of a, a, a career transition period. And so that made me a, a more attractive candidate, especially given the fact that I lived in you know, Lake Zurich, which is 45 minutes north of Chicago and 24 hours east of uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they gave me the, the 72 hours and I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to do it. And so I remember that night I packed up my car, right? So all the clothes that I thought I needed, everything that was going to fit in my, in my Ford focus. And the, you know, the next morning I woke up and I was like, you know, mom, dad, I'm, I'm going to do this. This feels right. It didn't feel right, but 
And, uh, yeah, I drove across the country. And so I'll never forget pulling out of my parents' driveway and and seeing, you know, my mom, you know, she had tears in her eyes and she didn't want me to go to Las Vegas. And, And I probably shouldn't have gone to Las Vegas either, but you know, that, that mindset, you know, where you just had your heart broken, your, your career, you had to re- rebuild your career. It's like you're, you're reevaluating everything. You're not in that mindset where you're going to make the most productive or the most constructive life life choice. Well, it's funny you, you say that because, you know, in the situation that I described in, in, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, I was in a situation where uh, I had been working uh, in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd pr- been producing a morning show there. And then uh, the morning show was uh, was was blown out in in budget cuts, and that was my first job out of college. So that hit me really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal was because I had always wanted to come back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. My family had I, I was born here, and my family had moved away, and right. so like I was dead set on I am going to either stay in Milwaukee, which is in striking distance of, of Chicago, yeah. or I'm going to Chicago. Yeah. And so for the first like three months, I wasn't even looking at anything that was outside of Milwaukee or Chicago. Right. And then had absolutely zero luck finding anything at all. Oof. And literally on a radio jobs board, there was a posting for a thing in Atlanta. I emailed the guy and within mm. two weeks I was moving to Atlanta because it was it was literally like the first the first job, uh, you know, that I even looked at that was outside mm. of outside of the area mm-hmm. and they they hired me right away so i i didn't have time to think about it until i was in that moment in the hotel room yeah and it's it's daunting too because you know to to your point you're in your 20s you're bulletproof and, and you have your mindset on a certain career a, a certain market and i was of the same mindset you know going to graduate school at, at the university of miami for broadcast journalism I thought for sure I was going to be the next big anchor on on Channel Five here in Chicago or something like that, and then I, I got a job doing local news in in Rockford and then the Quad Cities and realized that I just I kind of sucked at it to be completely honest with you. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, it's it's good to learn that in your uh, you know in your like early mid twenties rather than find it out after you've done it for like twenty years. Oh, oh, absolutely. So, you know, we, we talk about this being a, a, a big a, a learning experience. We'll call it that way. And I, so I, I drove across the country by myself. You know, I stopped in, in Grand Junction, Colorado, about halfway through to, you know, because you can't drive from Chicago to Las Vegas straight by yourself without in, ingesting a ton of caffeine. And plus, I want to enjoy Colorado. But Anyways, I get, I get out to Las Vegas on the Sunday evening before I'm supposed to start my brand new job at this Vegas ad agency, and I go to check into the hotel, and there's no record of my reservation. Oh. So I'm in Vegas. I got a car full of, of you know, everything that I, that I own that's, that's not furniture, and there's no record of me having a reservation at the, at the CD Extended Stay Hotel just north of the strip i mean it it felt kind of not necessarily fear loathing in las vegas type thing but it it did feel like (laughs) one of those things where it's like i i am taking a risk and making a really bad decision 
Yeah, I go into work the next day and, and I, I find out they had hired not one, but two of us to replace uh, one person as, as the agency's head of PR, um, which seemed kind of strange to me, especially because neither one of us had any experience doing public relations. You know, the other person they had hired had been a, an entertainment writer for a couple of websites and, and hadn't really done a traditional media relations experience. So, you know, during orientation, uh, one of the SVPs of the set agency, she's like, you know, hey, you should probably go out and buy PR for dummies from, from the borders down the street because none of us know how to do PR. Ed, by the way, for anybody listening, Borders used to be a bookstore back when bookstores were a thing. It was it was quite a fun place to go. I, I miss bookstores, <laughs> to be, to yeah, be but, honest with you. Me, me too. Yeah, they, they were, there were some good ones. Yeah. So, you know, that, that should have been my second sign that that maybe this is not the the right the right fit for me. Um, and, you know, so I, I work in the job for about for about two weeks. And you know, the whole point of, of the, the ad agency putting me up in this extended stay hotel was for me to look for a place while I you know, learned the area, got acclimated to the job. And and I did actively look for places in vegas after the first week because you know you, you live in vegas you want to get a lay of the land right and i knew i didn't want to live by the strip i also didn't know which parts of town were, were safe um you know which parts i'd like and um you know it, it was one of those things where you know being a 27 year old kid and you're living in a vegas hotel i mean you're just you're you're kind of overwhelmed and the weirdest thing to me was going to target and going grocery shopping for like food to bring back to my Vegas hotel room where I was living. Like I, my, 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 my mind still cannot reconcile that experience. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, definitely a, uh, a thing that I ran into in Atlanta as well. That's mm. uh, it's a very surreal experience. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we go on and about, about two and a half weeks in, I'll, I'll never forget this. I go to sign up for the uh, the Cinco de Mayo potluck, right? They, they had a big potluck for Cinco de Mayo, and there's a reason why I'm never going to forget this. Is because right next to the Cinco de Mayo potluck sign up sheet was a furlough day sign up sheet, and the one thing that the agency did not tell me throughout the interview process was that every two weeks, everybody had to take one unpaid day off. There's a, it sounds like there's a lot that they didn't tell you going into this. Yeah, you know, and, and again, with the hindsight being what it is, you know, my 37-year-old my self would have asked a lot more questions that my 27-year-old my self did not. You know, I, I think the, the mindset that I had was that of anybody else going through a quarter-life crisis who had just, you know, gotten their heart broken and, and their, their butt handed to them career-wise, where it's like, Man, they, they want to pay for me to come out to Las Vegas and you know try this new career and start over. Oh boy, where do I sign up? So, right. uh, well, yeah. you did find out where you sign up for the furlough days. <laughs> so I, I actually asked the the woman I was replacing about that, and you know that was kind of the the beginning of the end for me. So they they I later found out they actually hired two of us with the intention of only keeping one, and 
I actually won out, quote unquote, because I was more outgoing around the office. So they, they got rid of the other person that they had hired and they, they, they kept me after, after two and a half weeks. And, you know, I, I think that was the final straw because, uh, you know, between the furlough day and, and the whole, you know, they hired two to, with the intention of only keeping one, like, I just don't want to work for a company that treats people like that, right? Yeah. And, and especially not not only doing that, but not knowing it going in. Like, it seems like that's something, you know, that, that you'd want to know going in. And the fact that they didn't mention that, that that to me would, would be uh, would be a, a huge, huge red flag. And, um, you know, props to you. Like, like I said, uh, in my situation, I was in Atlanta for almost two years. That's crazy. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, there, there were plenty of times where I, I was just like, clearly this isn't working. Uh-huh. I need to get out of here. But right. I never actually pulled the trigger and did it until I had something else. And and I think that, um, you know, I probably would have been a lot happier if at some point I would have just been like, you know, my family isn't that far away. I think I'm just gonna, I, I'm just gonna tag out here. And, <laughs> and, and props to you for actually doing that. And your family was a lot further away, so that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they were back across the country, and, and so, you know, the, the night that I made the decision I was going to quit the next day, I, I went out and I, I I went on the strip, and you know, I, I had myself a, a grand old time on the Las Vegas Strip, right? I, I wanted to make a count. And I'll, I'll never forget this. In a moment of self-pity at, back at my hotel room, back at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I decided I was going to email an editor with ESPN.com, the, the old page two section that, that Bill Simmons and, and others used to write for on, on the website oh, yeah. about about freelancing opportunities, right? I, want, I, I was... I had just just washed out of local television news. I wanted to shoot my shot and see if I could, you know, get an opportunity uh, freelancing for ESPN.com. I wake up the next morning about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. My head's pounding, you know, you know because Vegas. And I, I wake up to an email from from the editor that I emailed, and she's like, you know, hey, your your clips are great. I had sent her some clips of when I'd covered the uh, the minor league baseball All Star game for MILB.com. But there's no sports in Vegas. This was back before the Golden Knights and, and the Raiders, before Vegas really became, you know, the, the sports town that it is now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's funny you should mention that because I'm about to move back to Chicago. And so I drove into uh, drove into work. I emailed my resignation was like, you know, hey, just just so you know, I'm, I'm resigning effective immediately. I'm, I'm transferring the hotel room to my name. Um, I went out to an Iowa Cubs game because they were playing the, the Las Vegas team, and I, I drove back to, to Lake Zurich the next day and started freelancing for ESPN a week later. So ultimately, it was a uh, it was a weird three weeks, but it, but it worked out. Yeah, I mean, pe- people have definitely had had worse three weeks in Las Vegas. Than I had. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so life lessons you could uh, you could take from this experience uh, probably. Uh, don't rush into a uh, into a job. Yeah, I, I think that that would be the number one thing that I would tell anybody, especially because you, know, you go on LinkedIn or on social media or just even the conversations you're having with people who are either unhappy with their current situation or have 
you know, un- unfortunately find themselves unemployed, you know, don't rush into a job. Um, a- ask all the questions that, that you need to ask b- before getting into it about how the company is doing, how you're going to fit in, how you're going to be evaluated. Um, you know, d- don't be afraid to, to, to chase opportunities because you know, sometimes those make for the best stories. Like, you know, the, the Vegas thing was, was a mistake for me. I'm sure the ad agency would tell you it was a mistake for them, but yeah, I, I had the experience of having done it. And I, I think I'm a better person for having at least, you know, tried moving across the country, even though it, it flamed out so spectacularly. <laughs> uh, now uh, here, here's a question that might be uh, even more helpful to people. Yeah. Would you recommend the cross-country road trip? Uh, you know, maybe uh, as as just a, a trip, not uh, not a, a a life-changing moving experience. In a heartbeat, in, in a heartbeat, and I, and I'll tell you why. Because you know, so driving from from Chicago through through Iowa, Nebraska, not a whole lot to see, and then you get into Colorado and Utah and, and Arizona, and boy, howdy, the mountains. Man, the sunrises and the sunsets in the, in the Rocky Mountains are, are just something else. And then, you know, when, when you're driving into Vegas, it's it's a way different experience than when you're when you're flying into to Vegas, right? Because you know, a flight from Chicago to Vegas is like three hours. You know, when, when you see the Vegas Strip coming, you know, just appear out of the oasis, and like you're bleary eyed, you're exhausted because you've been driving 24 hours. Man, like that's. That, that's almost like hitting the life jackpot right there. So don't rush into a job, but definitely take a, a cross-country road trip. Important life lessons. Absolutely. Yeah, take that cross-country road trip. Um, you know, but again, make sure you have the vacation days to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Keith. If you think you could top Matt's epic but brief cross-country journey, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Gabatron?